Chapter Thirty Eight of the Hidden Hand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bridget. The Hidden Hand by E. D. E. N. Southworth. Chapter Thirty Eight. Another Mystery at the Hidden House. Hark! What a shriek was that of fear intense, of horror and amazement! What fearful struggle to the door and thence, with mazy doubles to the grated casement! An hour after the departure of Capitola, Colonel Lenore returned to the hidden house, and learned from his man David that upon the preceding evening a young girl of whose name he was ignorant had sought shelter from the storm, and passed the night at the mansion. Now Colonel Lenore was extremely jealous of receiving strangers under his roof, never, during his short stay at the hidden house, going out into company, lest he should be obliged in return to entertain visitors. And when he learned that a strange girl had spent the night beneath his roof, he frowningly directed that Dorcas should be sent to him. When his morose manager made her appearance, he harshly demanded the name of the young woman she had dared to receive beneath his roof. Now, whether there is any truth in the theory of magnetism or not, it is certain that Dorcas Knight, stern, harsh, resolute woman that she was toward all others, became as submissive as a child in the presence of Colonel Lenore. At his command, she gave him all the information he required, not even withholding the fact of Capitola's strange story of having seen the apparition of the pale-faced lady in her chamber, together with the subsequent discovery of the loss of her ring. Colonel Lenore sternly reprimanded his domestic manager for her neglect of his orders, and dismissed her from his presence. The remainder of the day was passed by him in moody thought. That evening he summoned his son to a private conference in the parlor an event that happily delivered poor Clara Day from their presence at her fireside. That night Clara, dreading lest at the end of their interview they might return to her society, retired early to her chamber, where she sat reading until a late hour, when she went to bed, and found transient forgetfulness of trouble in sleep. She did not know how long she had slept, when she was suddenly and terribly awakened, by a woman's shriek sounding from the room immediately overhead, in which, upon the night previous, Capitola had slept. Starting up in bed, Clara listened. The shriek was repeated, prolonged and piercing, and was accompanied by a muffled sound of struggling that shook the ceiling overhead. Instinctively springing from her bed, Clara threw on her dressing-gown and flew to the door, but just as she turned the latch to open it she heard a bolt slipped on the outside, and found herself a prisoner in her own chamber. Appalled, she stood and listened. Presently there came a sound of footsteps on the stairs, and a heavy muffled noise, as of some dead weight being dragged down the staircase and along the passage. Then she heard the hall door cautiously opened and shut, and finally she distinguished the sound of wheels rolling away from the house. Unable longer to restrain herself, she rapped and beat upon her own door, crying aloud for deliverance. Presently the bolt was withdrawn, the door jerked open, and Dorcas Knight, with a face of horror, stood before her. "'What is the matter? Who was that screaming? In the name of mercy, what has happened?' cried Clara, shrinking in abhorrence from the ghastly woman. "'Hush! It is nothing. There were two tomcats screaming and fighting in the attic, and they fought all the way downstairs, rolling over and over each other. I've just turned them out,' faltered the woman, shivering as with an egg fit. "'What—what was that, that went away in the carriage?' asked Clara, shuddering. "'The colonel, gone to meet the early stage at Tip-Top, to take him to Washington.' He would have taken leave of you last night, but when he came to your parlor you had left it. "'But—but there is blood upon your hand, Dorcas Knight,' cried Clara, shaking with horror. "'I—I know. The cat scratched me as I put them out,' stammered the stern woman, trembling almost as much as Clara herself. 
These answered failed to satisfy the young girl, who shrank in terror and loathing from that woman's presence, and sought the privacy of her own chamber, murmuring, "'What has happened? What has been done? Oh, heaven, oh, heaven, have mercy on us! Some dreadful deed has been done in this house to-night.' There was no more sleep for Clara. She heard the clock strike every hour from one to six in the morning, when she arose and dressed herself and went from her room, expecting to see upon floor and walls, and upon the faces of the household, signs of some dreadful tragedy enacted upon the previous night. But all things were as usual, the same dark, gloomy, and neglected magnificence about the rooms and passages, the same reserved, sullen, and silent aspect about the persons. Dorcas Knight presided as usual at the head of the breakfast-table, and Craven Lenore at the foot. Clara sat in her accustomed seat at the side, midway between them. Clara shuddered in taking her cup of coffee from the hand of Dorcas, and declined the wing of fowl that Craven Lenore would have put upon her plate. Not a word was said upon the subject of the mystery of the preceding night until Craven Lenore, without venturing to meet the eyes of the young girl, said, "'You look very pale, Clara.' "'Miss Day was frightened by the cats last night,' said Dorcas. Clara answered never a word. The ridiculous story essayed to be palmed off upon her credulity in explanation of the night's mystery had not gained an instant's belief. She knew that the cry that had startled her from sleep had burst in strong agony from human lips, that the helpless weight she had heard dragged down the stairs and along the whole length of the passage was some dead or insensible human form, that the blood she had seen upon the hand of Dorcas Knight was— Oh, heaven! Her mind shrank back, appalled with horror at the thought which she dared not entertain. She could only shudder, pray, and trust in God. End of chapter 38